Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 127 and it is Thursday, July 12th, 2018. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good, y'all? Yes, indeed. We are back from a two-week hiatus. Uh, we took took the week of the 4th of July off. That shit felt like forever. Yes, it did. But some much-needed rest and relaxation uh, but we are back on the, the airwaves. What the hell is that? What? Rest and relaxation. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't know what that is. I sure don't. It's it's where you don't go to work and you can lay in bed and sleep proper hours. Yeah. Sleeping proper hours is a thing? It, it's it's still a thing in 2018, my friend. I ain't know. 2018? Was it a thing, period? I can't remember when the last time it was a thing, like. Yeah, it's still a thing. And get this, you can wake up at like 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning even, son. Yeah. Have time. Sleeping in, at, sleeping in until 9? Yep. You can have time to make breakfast. Sit down. Breakfast. You want to know what my breakfast is during the, <laughs> during the week? Monster energy drinks? That and Pop-Tarts. See, the wow. s'mores kind. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was, shout out to my boy Hollows. I was helping him move and he was just like... <laughs> It got an afro. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> what up, Kyle? He was just like, yeah, he was helping us move. He went and bought Duncan for everybody. So he's, mm. and it was like, yo, Carl was a beast helping us move. Yeah, I'm tooting my own horn a little bit. And he was like, the only thing I got him though for breakfast mm. was donuts and energy drink. <laughs> Two chocolate frosts and energy drink, and I'm good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, like, me, me, myself, I'm also, I also can get through most of the day with a, just a light breakfast. Just give me a cup of OJ and, like, a, I don't know, like a granola bar and I'll be good. Or like a banana or something or a smoothie. Yeah, I'll, I'll be good to, like. Smoothies can be pretty heavy, though. Eh, yeah. Depends on what you put in them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, just give me, just give me something light and I'll be good until, like, 2, 2.30 in the afternoon. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we are back, and uh, our topic for this week's episode, we'll be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp later on today, and uh, some things that we've been up to, which is quite a bit, actually. Yeah, you go first, because I'm, I'm in my uh, yep. sharing mood. Yep, you're in your sharing mood. Sharing mood. mode. <laughs> yes. Mood, mode, whatever. <laughs> I can't talk. Yeah. Um, yep, as for me, uh, uh, myself and my girlfriend, we took a... Nice road trip to Rochester, New York. Who drove? I did. The whole time? Yes, I did. Awesome. It was a... Not bad. It's what? Four hours? Six. That's daily. That ain't nothing. Yeah, it was a six-hour drive. Uh, we drove there. Very smoothly. Smooth drive. Uh, although, I did get pulled over once. Yeah! <laughs> Where was this at? It was in Schenectady, New York. Wait, what's it called? Schenectady. How do you spell this? Because I'm looking this up. S, it's, I know it's a weird name. It's S C H E N S C H E N. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there it is. I found it. I think it's Mickey Rourke's hometown, but I got pulled over because, like, I was driving from Providence and I went all the way through Mass. I was going like from eighty to ninety miles an hour on the on the highway. That's normal. Yeah, which is normal. And then all of a sudden, when I got to when I get to Schenectady, like. I see flashing lights in my rear view, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I pull over, and the and the you know the cop he was who was nice, nice enough. Thankfully, it didn't turn into a an incident because you know how cops be with you know four with a car full of four black people. You don't she, know how these had, things go. 
She had it. Oh, yep. Okay, here's yeah. the numbers. Yeah. So, so I got hit with a... Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those... It's one of those... Yeah, towns. it is one of those towns, and I was told after the fact that it is one of those towns. In fact, so the I got, cop told you that. No, um, um, uh, one of Monet's aunts. Oh, okay. Uh, my girlfriend's aunts. So she said that yeah, it is. It is in fact one of those towns. It's no surprise you got a ticket. A lot of people from there. Yeah, damn. Yeah. So I so I'll be sending that in the mail and um hope and the only thing that makes me mad about the ticket is not so much the ticket itself. But the fact that my insurance will probably skyrocket as a result. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it is. You know, you want my insurance? Uh, what What is your insurance? It's the lock. Just yeah. leave it at that. Um, yeah, Jimmy Carter's from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And B. Davis from the Brady Bunch. Mm. But but yeah, besides that, uh, it was a really cool trip. And what was really cool about Rochester is that they have a lot of comic book stores. And I managed to go go to two of them, and uh, it was really cool because I picked up some goodies uh, when I was there. You know the name of it? Uh, it was um, Comics Inc., I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first one that I went to, and and I picked up some some really good picks. I haven't got had a chance to sit down to read read them yet, but I will because of my my comic books reading list is like yay big. Yeah, it is. So the first one I got was a was a was a graphic novel I've been meaning to get and I, and I'm happy that I got it. It's Malika Warrior Queen and this is a uh, published by this independent studio called Unique Studios and it's um uh created by uh Roye Okupe who's a Nigerian uh, comic books author. Mm-hmm. And um this is a pretty cool uh pretty cool uh historical uh, fantasy uh series and this is part one and there's a part two of the graphic novel series which i will get once i finish this one but the artwork is pretty dope and this, the story looks pretty action-packed it does. and i'm like you know what i can really imagine this as an animated series or or even a live action movie if it's done well or uh, done done carefully so yeah i got this i got the uh late the two newest uh, editions of lady mechanica uh, La, Dia, La Dama de la Muerte and Volume 4, The Clockwork Assassin. Uh, Lady Mechanica, if you're not familiar, it's uh, created by Joe Benitez. And this has gorgeous artwork, steampunk, steampunk heavy, um, fascinating main character. Uh, I would love to see a, uh, a televised or film version of this at some point because I think if you cast it carefully and have like the right director and actor beh- uh, director and writer behind it you'd have something truly special with this so yeah, I got Lady Mechanica and I also got uh, the first three issues of the Shadow Man reboot from Valiant Comics I read the first issue and, the, and it was really good and I dig this because I remember playing um, uh, Shadow Man the old N64 game, and it was like the old 90s version of Shadow Man. Okay. And then after that, there was like a 2012 uh, reboot in the comics, and then right now, this is a 2018 reboot. And uh, this is a pretty popular series, so much so that it was a good thing that I got these three issues while I was in Rochester, because I've been going all around Providence and even Attleboro, and I could not find issue four which is which is out right now, issue four and five. Apparently, it's so popular that I can't find Shadow Man anywhere in stores in Rhode Island, and that's why I went to Rococo's earlier today. Shout out to Reagan, and I finally opened a box. 
Bounce. <laughs> so describe um, what a box is first. <laughs> so for those who are unfamiliar, uh, a box at Raw Coco's is um, is where you can actually subscribe to multiple uh, comic series. And what Reagan will do is open up a box for you, and if you can, and if you subscribe up to a certain number of titles, you'll get a a nice discount. So like like five titles will get you like a certain percentage off, like. A six to ten will get you another certain percentage off. Like fifteen to twenty titles will get you an, an even bigger discount. And I decided to subscri- subscribe to Shadow Man as well as a few other series uh, coming down the pike. So that way I won't miss out on this series. But I read the first issue, and it's pretty tight. And it's really cool that we're seeing more and more uh, black heroes and ca- characters out there that are now, really awesome. Now was that a uh, Reagan recommendation? It was not actually. Really? Um, uh, he d- uh, he did say that um, it was a pretty popular one, and um, it kind of flew off his shelves. His shelf. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, I really recommend this one just off the strength of issue one alone. Great tight artwork Sh- was shaping up to be a pretty good story, and I can't wait to get, to get into more of it. I also finally got uh, Star Boy which is the Weekend's uh, comic book, uh, which you re- reviewed a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, I will sit down and read this because, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm curious. You know, who, kn- who knew that The Weekend was a geek, a nerd? Well, nerd enough to be a comics head somehow, somewhat. I thought he just sung, sung about cocaine. But, hey, hopefully, uh, hopefully Starboy will, uh, you know be something else besides singing about cocaine metaphors maybe you know what that reminds me maybe the weekend should do a collaborative album with Pusha T. I think that's that's long overdue but anyway probably has happened before yeah maybe <laughs> i also got a few more comics here uh wakanda forever which i should i just go ahead and review it uh, well no because you haven't you haven't read it yet i have not read it yet okay so you know what i will hold off, i'll hold off my review yeah um I fl- I flipped through it a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I like this concept, and I hear that um, there's going to be a different hero working with Adora Milaje every month. That requires a spoiler, so I will have to shut up. Yeah, so I won't say anything more. <laughs> my, hey, my bad, my bad. But uh, but yeah, you know what? I dig this. I'll check it out. I also got two more comics here. Uh, one is Bloodborne, uh, based on the awesome uh, From Software PS4 game. And my 2015 game of the year. I was flipping through this, and you know what? It's got... I'm intrigued. Let I, me see the art. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, it's, uh, the, the, co- the cover is uh, black and white. I think it's a second edition. Mm-hmm. And um, the inside is a, a color artwork. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm intrigued by the story. And, you know, uh, Bloodborne, like, like any uh, From Software game, like Dark Souls... Um, it's known, they're known for their obscure, uh, vague form of storytelling where they give you just enough, but you don't really know the whole backstory unless you really dive, uh, dive deep into it by reading like item descriptions and like paying close attention to like certain details in the environment, but which makes it interesting to see how a Bloodborne comic book series would go about its storytelling. Would it be more straightforward than the games? in the game or would it be just as obscure but i'm intrigued by by yeah, what actually it will not bad. Uh, i'm looking through the art like i could just imagine the art reminds me of todd mcfarlane yeah yeah that's that's a good um, that's a good description trying to find like who did the artwork yeah and I'm assuming his name's kowalski yeah 
Uh, oh, I also got four more comics, which is sitting at my table over there. So, um, yeah. Damn. You must have been... Okay, that was quicker than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it disappeared. Um, I also got... Um, well, this, this was at uh, Rococo's, actually. I got the first issue of Mr. Miracle, the 2017 reboot. And I think they're currently um, on issue 10 or 9. But I've heard universal praise for this series, and I was so intrigued that I was like, you know what, let me just cop this uh, this first issue. And from what I hear, it's a pretty outstanding read in one of DC Comics' finest uh, series. So off that recommendation, I'm like, you know what, I will sit down and read this and give a proper review perhaps next week, at least with as far as the first issue goes. And last but not least... I went to another uh, comic book store in uh, Rochester, Pop Rock. <laughs> um, and it's really cool because it's like a comic book store slash cafe. So they also... That's dope. Yeah. So like, so when you go in, there's like, um, there's like a shelf full of like the latest comics and some recent, recent releases. Yeah. There's the actual like bar, if you will. They serve mocktails, which is like, like combined like fruit drinks. And they even have that, like that. That kind of watered it down. It's a good. Con- it's a dope content concept. Yeah, but but they have cereal milkshakes. So what they do is they combine combine actual cereals with with a with a bit of milk and some ice little cream. bit of ice cream, a little bit of sugar, and then boom, there's your cereal milkshake. I got I got I got uh, this. Um, I f- it was a it was a, it was an American something. And it was a combination of cinnamon toast crunch, apple jacks, uh, uh, caramel, whipped cream, and milk, and a bit of ice cream, vanilla ice cream, and it was delicious, my friend. That you using delicious. <laughs> yo, that that cereal milkshake was the bomb. And even even though afterwards, okay, it's not the nineties. You just said something. It it, 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 was, it was it was lit. Go ahead. It was it was lit. It was it was it was all that in a bag of chips. But yo, that cereal milkshake rocked my world so much so that I dropped bombs on the toilet shortly that, after. No, really, really, <laughs> that's too much. That's too much. That's I mean, too much. But still, it was well worth it. It was well worth the assault on my gastrointestinal tract. But it was tasty. We need to know all that. Yeah, but um, I, I, li- I like to share with our viewers. And yeah, yeah, but there's a limit. <laughs> and then, like, in the back of the, uh, of the cafe, they actually they had a, a TV with an with NES Classic. Two w- controllers or one? There was two controllers. Damn, they yeah. locked up. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, well, what up, Furman? Thanks for joining us. No, you, you did not miss any wrestling talk. Ain't really much going yeah. on right now, yeah. so you're good. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, I picked up four comics from Pop Rock. Them image, them image first reprints. Yes, image first reprints. For those who don't know, um, it's reprints of first issues of famous image comic series for only a dollar. So even the cheapest among you can get one of these. So I bought four of them. I got uh, Descender, uh, which I'm intrigued by. Uh, Seven to Eternity by Rick Remender. Um, he's also the creator of Low, mm-hmm. the first reprint of issue one of Spawn. <laughs> I got my I got my Spawn number one. You know which? Just <laughs> said diabetes in a glass. It is diabetes in a glass. Diabetes. diabetes. 
Shout outs to William Wilford Brimley. <laughs> is he still alive? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. And uh, Invincible. And Invincible, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested by this because a um, friend of the show, Yemi, mm-hmm. uh, Yemi Nems. <laughs> yeah, as as you my would. nickname for her. Yep. Nobody uh, else used that for me. Uh, she, I think she's a big fan of this series, and she highly recommended this to me. Oh, okay. And I don't know if Invincible is still in publication, if they're still producing new issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but from just from reading the first issue, I'm like, you know what? I could I could get into more of this once I clear the clear most of my uh, current reading list. Okay. But yeah, all comics out. Uh, Traveled to Rochester and back, and I got a whole bunch of reading ahead of me. So I need yeah. to take my ass to the secret stash in Jersey. I really want to go there. That's another one on my that bucket list. That's on my bucket list too. So uh, oh good. Yeah. So about you, man? What you um, got? I'm only reviewing three. Honestly, these been uh, these have I've been on my uh, comics tips. I've been reading a lot. So uh, one of them happened to be Amazing Spider-Man: Wakanda Forever. But mm-hmm. seeing as you haven't started reading it yet. I, I'll shut up on it. Maybe, maybe we can drop a little hint, sprinkle, without spoilers, or or nah. Uh, you, you, I'd rather have you read it first, so we can. Okay. I'd rather like discuss it together. Okay, you got it. Okay, so the first one I've written was I've not written. I wish it was um, Black Panther and the Crew. It was a trade paper pa- paperback. Oh. And you, I, I highly recommend this one, especially to you. Yeah. It's uh, written by who's become really becoming a fan of his work, my man Tanahisi Coates. Yep. And uh, Yona Harvey, art by John. I mean, not John Butch Juice. I'm probably saying this wrong, mm. but um, yeah, it's ba- it's very awesome, very awesome read. It's uh, basically. Um, it's about when Black Panther, Storm, Misty Knight, Luke Cage, and Manifold, they come together to take on a dangerous street-level threat after the death of a Harlem activist. And his, his death actually causes a social uproar in Harlem. And, street, and new secrets are, re, are revealed about the, about the past hmm. in the Marvel Universe. Okay. So hmm. it's kind of like... There were very, it's like Harlem actually had like some ongoings mm. back in the day in the early day in the early days of like the Marvel Universe. I mean, yeah. dating back to about the fifties and the sixties. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, obviously superheroes back then and they were like basically fighting the same causes mm. as they are now. Wow. So it's basically like you know how they're saying like with all like the the um the shootings that have been going on by cops and everything that's yeah. been going on now, that's they're saying that history is repeating itself. Mm-hmm. This basically touches it. This is one reason why I became a fan of Tony Easy Coast is because, like, yes, he made the stories fun, mm-hmm. but it's like socially conscious as well. Yeah. And it's in his writing, it's just very well written. Mm. Like, it's to the point where, like, in some ways, especially like nation, a nation under our feet, mm-hmm. like, you can actually feel it like you can actually feel like how um the people of wakanda they're like very spiritual people and he touches that in a nation under our feet i definitely recommend that as well oh yeah so yeah check this one out another one that i came across another trade paperback that i um came across literally it was only a dollar 99 wow that's a great price so i was like screw it let me get it it was um secret invasions frontline okay 
Okay, is that was written by Brian Reed and art by uh, um, I wrote my notes in Chicken Scratch, so Marco Castiello. Mm-hmm. Forgive me if I uh, mispronounce. So it's basically about when the war- when the scroll warships invade New York City, um, and the heroes are actually battling for survival. Is basically during the um, the scroll invasion, the secret invasion. Mm. Um, it's th- the story actually follows Ben Urick as he and other um, New York City citizens are survive are trying to survive the attack and help each other as mm. well. And not to mention Ben Urick the whole time he's actually trying to um, report and tell the story mm-hmm. of the attack. Okay. So um, definitely interesting. It actually makes me want to um, read the scrolls. I actually heard that that's probably going to be like the next phase in marvel movies that they're going to be doing i heard something like that like they'll be like the main villains or something like that yeah yeah so um that's something that i heard so Mm. at first i I gotta read infinity gauntlet yeah i I definitely gotta read that which is like 25 bucks everywhere Mm -hmm. so i want to read that and then i'm actually going to get into secret evasion as well because that was an action. That was a, an interesting um, concept. Like hearing something from, not just the hero's point of view, is what we what we as comic readers have grown accustomed to. But it's like you get it from, you know, pretty much an average Joe. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to approach a story like that. Yeah, it's yeah. something. It's something completely different. Yep. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, uh, Marvels. Uh, there was a there was a, a story series that I. Uh, reviewed uh, when Jim Savard was on the first time yeah. on the podcast. Oh, when we went to when we did it at Rock Oakles the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it kind of reminds me of that, like a uh, story told from like a uh, ordinary reporter. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, it's so it's so much different. It's it's such a different take on something as monumental. Like it would have been dope to see. Like, well, I mean, we kind of kind of got a taste of it, and um, if you remember, like some of the Easter eggs and one of the Easter eggs in Daredevil, where um. Ben Urick actually wrote about um, the battle in Harlem, Harlem between the Incredible Hulk and Abomination. Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually like hidden. If you watch Daredevil, you actually hit. You can see it hidden, um, hanging the article hanging up in his office. Yep. And also the article for the Battle of New York. So, I mean, something like that from from his point of view would have been was would have been very interesting so i'm glad i actually caught this one and it actually makes me and like i said before it makes me want to read get into a secret invasion mm-hmm. and then last one is wolverine origin now, i've been trying to find this for a while since um yeah. we met paul jenkins who actually wrote the story who wrote the story along with bill james and joe casada mm-hmm. and when he did that code extra with our first code extra yep um, along with uh, Joe Pruitt, very nice guys, by the way. Mm. And the art was actually by Richard Eisenhoff and Andy Coover, and Andy Kubert. So it's basically Marvel's best kept mutant seek mystery revealed, and actually tells the story of how family tragedy flourishes and how James Howlett mm-hmm. became Logan. Yeah, and it was actually, and this book was actually the one of the um, inspirations. Um, Fortunately, I had to say it's one of the inspirations for X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, yes, it was. But the book is so much better. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like it goes into like such a deeper detail on like why he why his personality is just the way he is. Let alone like 
how he got his claws. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, there are some different tweaks and stuff that they made in the movie and stuff. I would have to actually have a bad movie day and sit and watch the movie again. Yeah. And, and you know, John Haponic actually likes X-Men Origins Wolverine. Isn't he supposed to come on the show? Oh, yeah. Like, like he's, sometime this month? Yeah. Either either a Tuesday or a Thursday. Yeah. I'm waiting for that debate. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to troll him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Because I'm coming with... I'm going to chill out. I'm going I'm to I'm channel my inner Adrian. Shout out to him. I'm coming with facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> By facts, he means his strongly worded opinions. I'm coming with those two. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, definitely recommend, definitely recommend Wolverine Origins. I actually mm. found it on sale too because the book, normal the suggested retail price, it was hard. I can only find hardcovers, mm. so it was like twenty five bucks. But then I found it for fifteen, so I'm like, you know what? It's a good deal. I'm not gonna see this again yeah. for this price. Snatch, worth it. Yeah, it came out like fifteen years ago, I think. Really, that long ago? Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the movie is that long. Ago. Yeah. But yeah, I've always I've never had a chance to read it though. But I've heard like it was dope. really dope. dope. I, I will I will it was really, it was really really good. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely track down a copy. It's like in the next matter. As a matter of fact, like in a way, this is just my theory. Mm-hmm. But it's like there was a character named Rose that actually helped him escape. Um, the house that he grew up in where all this tragedy occurred. I'm not trying to spoil it too much, so you got to read it. Yeah. But it's like the Rose character is, I think it's kind of a hint that a hint to why he was so in love with Jean Grey because mm. there is such a striking resemblance between him and Rose. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, between her and Ro- Jean Grey and Rose, excuse me. Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. just a theory of mine. I say read the book and find out. Okay. Yeah. Definitely read the book, though. Word. Alright. But other than that, that's pretty much it. I'm still reading uh Weapon H. I just found uh issue three today, so I'm gonna get into that. Um Amazing Spider Man Wakanda Forever. You ruined that for me, so yep. I, I'll review that next week. Mm. Um I finished Glow. Gorgeous the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling season two. Okay. Not bad. lots of uh character you know, character evolution. Mm-hmm. Um it is more. It's a lot like Orange Is the New Black, where it's like, okay, the first season was a, a lot about Piper, mm-hmm. whereas like the second season and more, you get to see, you get to see what the other characters are about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, Kia Stevens still in it? Yep. Nice. And uh, Carlito makes a. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He makes a cameo, and um, who else? Chavo. Oh, nice. So he was the who was the fight coordinator oh, on the show. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. yeah. And freaking, I forgot his name. I, I got to remember his name because he's also in the show, too. He was in the Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, because I know uh, the first season of Glow was also known for, like, some really cool wrestler cameos. Yeah, very yeah. few. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Sandlot yeah. had it. Oh, that's part three. Um... Come on, I know you saw the Sandlot, the redhead, the redheaded guy with the freckles. Uh, what was his name? I couldn't tell you. But 
Was he oh a main God. character on the Sandlot? Yeah, yeah. The redhead with the freckles. The redhead, curly, curly redhead with the freckles. Oh my God! I'm yeah. looking. I'm on Wikipedia right now, so um, Car- you can actually go ahead with the news and headlines, and uh, I'll just inter- rudely interrupt you and. <laughs> oh, I know who it is. It I know who it is. Carrot Top. Yep. Are you serious? Was it Carrot Top? No, his name. The actor's name is Patrick Renner. Mm-hmm. And the character that he played was Hamilton Ham Porter. Okay. Ham. He makes it. He makes a cameo in the show too. That's cool. That's what's up. Nice. I will. I will sit down and watch Glow. Uh, probably in the in the next week or two because I I really like the first season. Yeah, you'll like it, yeah. and you you'll like the second. Yep. And uh, for next week, I will finish Luke Cage season two. I'm still halfway through it. Yeah. Did you like the? And shout outs to Furman on this one. Yeah. So when the I actually finished Luke Cage in a weekend, but like he um, it was Friday and he called me. He was like, "Yo, in episode two, mm-hmm. when you you're gonna know what scene it is, the furniture store scene. When that scene is over, call me." Okay. Oh my God, that shit had me dying. It was late. The furniture store scene. Uh, gosh, refresh my memory. I don't want to say it because it could possibly mean a spoiler. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Yeah, like I'm ha- I'm halfway through the season and I'm really liking it. In fact, uh, my girlfriend really likes Luke Cage as well. She got into the first season, finished that, and now she's right where I'm at on season two. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. She... So now you know what that means, right? What? You have to watch it together. Yeah, I'm cool with that. No, like you cannot, like you can't cheat and go ahead and. Oh, I just went. I'm just tip. I'm sure you guys are past it, so I'm just throwing <laughs> episode five there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you guys have already watched up to episode five. You're like, oh, I just felt like watching episode six without you. You broke the code. You don't do that. Oh, there's no, I, there's no such thing as the code. No, you don't. No, you. D- there is a code. Nope. If you're binge watching something together, you do not break the code nah now you see here's the thing no, i have i have the code as a co-host and co-creator of this lovely podcast of ours it okay. is my job no nay my duty to keep abreast of each individual series and if it means going ahead to be on time to be no, on time for the show she has to be on time too no it doesn't yes it does nope. that is the code Mm-mm. ask anybody who is watching that is the code. Victor Omoyo is here to tell you viewers and listeners that there is no code. We've been through this before when Aris was on the show. You don't do that. Hashtag there is no code. Okay, you know what? We'll actually I'll I'll create a poll. Okay. I'll create a poll on on um on our social medias and we'll see what's up. All right. Yeah, numbers don't lie. People will agree with me. Hashtag you don't break the code i couldn't let me tell you so me and my girl we could not i can not go ahead and watch this is us without her i mean you technically could no it's breaking the code we still we, we watch something that we watch together i have to watch it with her yeah it's anybody oh well you know it's uh it's a shame it's a shame when you think that this code is like written in stone. It's all in your mind. It's not. It's not. Unlock the it, mystery. It's one of those un- unwritten rules. Like, okay, I, I was bored and doing some moving because I'm moving again. Mm-hmm. I'm such a freaking nomad. But um, 
as I was packing up, I I was caught up with my weekly podcast. So I was like, you know what? Let me go into a throwback. Mm-hmm. Codex Prime and Chill. <laughs> and you was like, I didn't know there was an unwritten card. I dropped my name. Give my pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know that there was a written rule where you ha- where you should be late to a party. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. It's like, don't advertise a party at a certain time if you know people are going to show up at a later time. No, you time. do advertise that just so you can, so we won't have people show up that damn late or even early. No, you just show up well, like an hour late. Not, not bad. Okay, well. Like an hour or two. Like for me, I usually just try to show up on time as or at least close enough to, mm-hmm. like, the uh, the advertised time. Because, you know, I'm the host. I got to be there early. Yeah. Which you weren't. Correct. <laughs> that wasn't my fault, though. My girl at the time my girl at the time was late. Mm-hmm. Fashionably late. But, I mean, I was still ahead of everybody except for you. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen man. I don't go to, I don't go to many parties. Parties. The, the, I had to think about it. He was like, he was like she wasn't that late. And then Maurice chimes in. He was looking at his phone the whole time, Carl. I'm sure he knows what time it was. I did. You showed up an hour and 15 oh, minutes man, good late. Times. Yes, it was. But yes, uh, news and headlines. Yeah, let's get to those. Yes, uh, we begin with a rather sad one, unfortunately. Oh, my God. That uh, hit me. Yeah, the passing of comics legend Steve Ditko, yeah. uh, who, who died on June 29th at the age of 90 in New York City. He was the legendary comic book artist, writer, and co-creator of Spider-Man with Stan Lee. Um, just to give you a brief rundown, uh, Ditko star- started working for Atlas Comics in 1955, which evolved into Marvel Comics, where he met Stan Lee. And together, the, the two collaborated on series such as Strange Tales, Tales of Suspense, Tales to Astonish, and Amazing Adventures. Now, after co-creating Spider-Man, Steve Ditko went on to create some of of the most notable villains in the Web Slingers series, such as Dr. Octopus, Sandman, the Lizard, and the Green Goblin. Uh, Ditko also co-created Doctor Strange before eventually leaving Marvel. Uh, he went on to work for a number of number of other comics publications, including Charlton and DC, before working as a freelancer from 1979 until his retirement from mainstream comics in the late 1990s. Yeah, true legend in the game. This, the thing that got me, first of all, one thing to Tom Holland, who uh, who is portraying Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, actually put out a very pretty a very touching tribute. Mm-hmm. And it's Twitter feed that reads, that reads, we all want to leave our mark on the world. This guy crushed it. Mm-hmm. He made so many people so happy and changed lives. Most of all, mine. Thank you, Steve. Your life lives on. Your life lives on, man. Thank you. Hashtag Steve Dicko. Yeah, right on. Very I- fitting. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, like Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko, like any comics uh, fan or even someone with a basic knowledge of comics history should know his name and you know if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have a spider-man we wouldn't have dr strange Strange. um we wouldn't have marvel as it is today you know in many ways so truly one of the 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 titans the creative titans of uh, the comic book industry as an art form as well um steve ditko may be gone but he will never be forgotten so uh 
Yeah. The thing was, like, they don't even know the exact time he died. Yeah. Like, he was just found dead in his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he was. Mind, he should have a nurse. <laughs> yeah. But maybe he was still up and running and kicking and stuff. You know, still sad, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But he lives on in his work, man. Uh, ne- hopefully, the next headline won't be so sad. Uh, well, our next headline is uh, Neil Blomkamp is going to direct RoboCop Returns. Uh, Neil Blomkamp, he's a director of District 9, Elysium, and Chappie. He's going to be working off an old script that was written years ago by the original RoboCop creators, Ed Neumeyer and Michael Miner, which is currently being rewritten by Justin Rhodes, who's also writing the upcoming Terminator reboot. Uh, Neumeyer and Miner are executive producing the RoboCop Returns film, which has no connection at all to the, t- to the 2014 reboot starring Joel Kinnaman. You know what? So it's going to be another reboot? Yeah. Basically? It's another reboot, but it's going to be... Better? It's going to be better because it has the original creators of RoboCop, and they're working off an old, unused script script that that would have been a sequel to it. Yeah. So, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. And, and if, you can, if it can bring RoboCop to the same quality of the first film and that same R-rated borderline NC-17 level of violence and gore that I loved when I was five, six years old, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Because Ro- RoboCop's a dope film. Yeah. Which one? One, two, or three? Oh, part one. Okay. Yeah. Two, two had good elements. Part three was unwatchable. <laughs> Sting should make a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what? I would mark out if, like, if you saw Sting. I definitely would. For no- Sting was my du- favorite WCW wrestler. I would lose my shit. Oh my god! What was it what was a Capital Co- Carnage or Capital Combat? Capital Combat. Yeah. Capital ni- Carnage was a WWE pay per view. Yeah. Capital Combat, nineteen ninety. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! He tried so hard to be Vince at that point. <laughs> And it just did not work. Man. Man, wrestling has come a long it way. It has. Man. It has. But who knows? Maybe, hopefully, Neil Blomkamp, hey, if you're, some, if you're somehow listening to this podcast, yo, give Sting a call. You know? He'll do it. Yeah, he, he ain't doing much. Yeah. He'll do it. Sure. Face paint and all for no reason. Don't, I'll be, oh, my God, I would scream. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit, it's Sting. Yep. Then they can spin off into a movie. But uh, <laughs> speaking of movies, um, a movie about the Thailand cave rescue is already in the works. Um, Pure Flix. Uh, Pure Fix. What was all that about? I'll explain. Okay. Uh, Pure Flix has begun development on a film based on the rescue of the wild boars soccer team mm-hmm. and their 18-day ordeal trapped inside a flooded cave, a flooded cave in Thailand. Uh, Pure Flix CEO Michael Scott was actually on mm. site for a portion of the rescue and said that the bravery and heroism he witnessed compelled him to fast track the production. He also said he is family friends with the wife of the Taiwanese Navy SEAL who died during the rescue mission. Now, Pure Flix specializes in Christian themed films oh. of questionable quality, most notably God's Not Dead. Never seen it, but. Um I mean, you know what? I'm sure 
that the you know the Thailand cave rescue has is a great story that should be told. It should. Like so I, why not? I didn't follow. I didn't follow it, but I actually I actually did follow it, and and it was it was amazing. Just like the fact that those boys survived, and they were all rescued, and they all survived safe and sound. And just like the ordeal that they had to go through, like swimming through the flooded cave, like I think it took like three hours, and like they had to be ushered out one at one at a time with yeah. two divers, one in front, one in back. Yeah, that man, I can't imagine the trauma that they've gone through and the trauma that they'll unfortunately experience for perhaps years to come. Yeah, yeah, PTSD ain't no joke. Yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, this is a story that should definitely be told. But I'm just. Uh, I'm just not cool with Pure Flix doing it because I've I haven't I've seen like clips and reviews, in-depth reviews of several of their films. Uh, most notably, most most notably by um, uh, Brad Jones of uh, Stoned Gremlin Productions. He plays the cinema snob on YouTube. Okay, and he reviews uh, really bad and awful Christian-themed films, and they're like, "Is he an atheist?" Uh, he was raised Christian. He's like non-religious. He's like He's like agnostic, I would say. So, um, but yeah, like if you've seen any films like God's Not Dead, you know that these films are so bad. They're like, they're like the white version of Tyler Perry's films, basically. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Here we go. So, Pure Flicks making this kind of story. I I know on the one hand, I think it's a cool thing because you know the CEO knows the. One of knows one of the rescuers and the story is actually getting told, and the story is getting told. But I wish it was from a much better studio. And that's just me. Disney, like like Disney or or Warner Brothers, Paramount, or Paramount, Fox. New Line, no New Line, New Line Cinema. That's a division of. I think New Line Cinema is a division of Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers yeah, because because they because they are doing Shazam, which is part of DC. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, you know what. You know, I think, I mean, this was a movie, this was a, an, an event that you know a movie was going to come out. And, you know, considering how fast Listen, social media movie, is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, they're going to make a movie about Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> Papa John's and his N-word flavored pizza. Oh, my God. Listen, first of all, I'm going to be honest with you. I never liked Papa John's pizza like that. Yeah. It's like very doughy mm. to me, at least. Yeah. I've I've never had Papa John's myself, yeah, but much. yeah. But guess what? They about to lose a lot of business. Good, absolutely good. And you know, at least, even at least for a little bit. Like I, I needed something quick and cheap. I went and I went. I went to H and M. Yeah, H and M. Yeah, remember they had the whole thing with the coolest monkey in the jungle. <sighs> yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, you know what? They, I guess they learned their lesson. <laughs> But I was gonna say, um, uh, you know, you know what business should go under? Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is amazing. Stop being a dick. I'm not being a dick. You no, know, Chick Fil A is being a dick. Chick Fil A is delicious. You no, know, with their anti-gay hate sandwiches. They're not. Anti- <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, I know they just don't. I wouldn't say that they hate it, but it's like they just, they just don't support it because of. Christian values, understand, but it's not. It does, yeah. But just because, okay. I don't hate Migos, but I won't support their music. 
Migos and the LGBTQ community are not the same I, it's thing. It's just a. I'm not saying it's the same thing. It's just I'm just saying like a. Just because they won't support something doesn't mean they actually hate it. I'm sure there's gay. I'm sure they have gay employees. Okay, Carl. First of all, <laughs> if you don't support the LGBTQ community, but it, it's implicit, if not outright obvious, that you, on some level, dislike. No, I don't. I. The LGBTQ I mean, I don't. Community. I didn't go to Pride a couple weeks ago, but it's like I have no. Well, ma- well, maybe. Well, maybe not you, but I'm saying that the, the statement itself, saying that oh, just because they don't support. LGBTQ rights, in this case, Chick-fil-A, doesn't mean that they hate it. But they do. They 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 hate. Show me the actual statement where it says that they actually do hate. Then I'll stop eating it's, Chick-fil-A, even though it's very rare that I do. It's it's in their actions. It's it's been proven that part of their profits, especially from their CEO, has gone towards anti-gay conversion therapy camps. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. Show so, me so, the article. So when Come you, on, Adrian. Show me, show me the facts, Adrian. <laughs> I'll, I'll, br- I'll pull some up after the show. I will pull some up after the show. I was hoping you do an Adrian P- impression. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I do you often. <laughs> I mean... I mean, for ev- like, listen, every time you purchase those waffle fries or those wraps... You're you're contributing to, to the, you're part of the problem. you are part of the problem, <laughs> okay? And that's all I'm gonna I say about that. I should be a Codex T-shirt. You're part of the problem. Well, well, damn it! Be responsible with your consumerism. I know. It's been a while since I had Chick Fil A too. It's just that when I went, it was a good experience. Yeah. Well, hashtag Team Anti Chick Fil A right here. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. To some other news, uh, yeah. Indiana Jones Part Five has been delayed until 2021. Uh, the film was originally scheduled for a July 19, 2019 release. Then it was moved to July 10, 2020, and now it has been pushed back for a second time to July 19, 2021. Uh, Harrison Ford will turn 79 by the time of this film's release, and Steven Spielberg is still on board to direct. Harrison Ford wants that character dead, too. You know, I, w- with the delays of Indiana Jones, I think the universe is trying to send the message. Just just let it go. It, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I... I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be ageist or anything. I'm not saying that, like what Harrison Ford is going to be swinging around like young, young Indiana Jones. He definitely will not. Well, they're going to make him do it. But are the spoilers over? Sorry, but we haven't even got. Sorry, Kyle, we haven't even got to the spoilers yet. Yeah, we're. We'll let the, you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. Um, but with Harrison Ford, man, uh, I mean, it, I will say, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I enjoyed it. It's, it's a good Indiana is Jones that film. That's where he like hands it over to like his son. Yeah. But Shia LaBeouf was in it. Like I understand its criticisms, but it was an enjoyable flick. But I think that was where the series should have ended. I was like, you know what? Fine, cool. But part five, it's like, what's the point? It's a legendary character, and they just want to open it up to new audiences. Yeah, but and you make money off of it. Yeah, but you have the first four, and if they wanted to do that, they could have had a young Indiana Jones with another actor, like they did with Alden Ehrenreich with Han Solo, instead of. But then that, but that's a prequel, though. So you are you gonna need an Indiana Jones prequel? Well, technically they're all, well they all take place in the past. So it's like, 
you know, you could get away. You could get away with a new Indiana Jones or the new adventure. Because they'll take this. Then now it's just be Uncharted. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically that's, hey, that Unchar- where do you think Uncharted got its blueprint from? <laughs> or Tomb Raider. Or Tomb Raider, for that matter, yeah. But, you know, like, tr- tr- I mean, much respect to Harrison Ford, but, you know, dragging back the Indiana Jones character, it's like it's like dragging back the Undertaker back to the ring. It's See, like, no, no, now you're just being a dick. I'm going to tell you this right now. You know, I almost said I said Harrison Ford. He he's probably gonna die. if he does do this, he's gonna kill off Indiana Jones. Okay, and then you probably just pass the time. Was his son named like Indiana Jones Junior or something like that? His name his son's name was Mutt Williams. Mutt Williams. That's not gonna sell. Just, yeah, I think this has to be the last. One. <laughs> yeah, this has to be like if he did, if he does it, Indiana Jones is dying, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna have to live off of like. Nostalgia alone, mm-hmm. isn't it? Or I have I have an idea. Ain't for that a Lucas property? Uh, yeah, it is oh. Lucasfilm. Yep. So it's part of Disney. Yeah. But I have I have a great idea. That's why they're doing it. It's Disney. They're trying to yeah. cut every cash cow they can. Oh yeah. But I have a great idea for Indiana Jones Five. It's like he's he's working with a team of young adventurers, and he has to go on one last adventure because he's dying of terminal cancer. Yeah, yeah I knew it was coming. Right? I knew it was coming. There it was. And and you can have a scene where he's on his deathbed, like in the middle of in the middle of the jungle, and and his and his team of young adventurers are are, are surrounding him, and they give him a proper send off, and it's like the it's like the Oscar scene right there. Harrison Ford can get his Oscar right there. Just like you can, you can feel the the the, the heartbreak and 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 just the the the, the legacy just being solidified. Okay, so first of all, I you love would it. cry. I would cry if it was done well and directed well. I I, I would shed tears. And you'd be happy because cancer is involved. You sick fuck. <laughs> Listen, man, look, just because some of the dramas that I watched in the past involved a terminal disease doesn't mean that I, that's, that's what I deliberately seek. I'm a fan of great storytelling. If it involves a terminal disease, then so be it. Oh, yes. They, so many of them do. So many of them. Speaking of which, I'm going, I'm going back to your purchases and stuff. Yeah. Okay, you just balled out on comics, and I'm just now realizing this. Mm-hmm. It's July. Yes. Usually you be hitting backflips over the freaking <gasps> mid Oh snap. Yo, dude, yo, 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 my 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 dude, yo. It's July and you know what that means though. We're talking about the Criterion Collection <laughs> sale at Barnes and Noble. Yo, I knew I forgot something. Yo, yo, hold the fourth down, read the next headline. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my stuff. Get your ass in. <laughs> Are you really leaving? Oh wait, you actually did buy some stuff. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, the next headline is Billy D. Williams will return as... Oh, wait. Actually, before I go into there, Kyle chimed in onto the... Um, oh, my God. I'm looking back at the video and I'm looking at you laugh, running and shit. But um, Kyle interjected into, on the uh, whole Indiana Jones thing. He um, talked and he goes, is he, will- is he wheelchairing down cliffs? Kidney bag vine swinging? Is he getting chased by giant kidney stones? And also, my sister, this month in July, had a little message for you. I'll try to play it real quick. Okay. What's that? What kind of message, Carl? All right, hold on. Hello. I'm not a baby. Victor, did you hear that? Say it again, please. 
cry on Coco. I'm not a baby. Victor, did you hear that? Say it again, please. I did not cry on Coco. I'm not a baby. She said that she didn't cry in Coco. She's not a baby. <laughs> but anyway, back to the news and headlines before Victor comes back. He's got to talk like a... Yo. Te- wow. Yo. Like, they... Yo, first of all, boom, right there. First of all, Felicia is her name, right? Yeah. Listen, you don't have to be a baby to cry in Coco. Listen. Just because you don't have a soul or a conscience doesn't mean you can t- project your, you know. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Just because we actually, no, no, no. It's not that we don't have a soul or we don't have a conscience. We are very soulful and self-conscious people. Mm-hmm. We just actually have a fucking spine. Listen, you don't have, it's not, it's, not, it's not about having a spine. It's about the emotional intelligence of a film. And that film was emotionally intelligent. And it touched me. When that, that when that song "Remember Me" plays, when he's playing that song in front of his his his, his old abuelita, his his great his great grandmother, abuelita, yo, yeah, whatever. I had tears streaming down my face in the theater. I was like, "Don't do this Was. to me, Pixar! Don't don't do this to me." Was listen, it was it was it was so perfectly executed. That shit is on Netflix. And I'll probably fall asleep on it because you're an asshole. What? Damn, why do I gotta be all that? <laughs> Because because you, you because you don't have the emotional capacity to appreciate a film like Coco. But anyway, I probably think it's good. But anyway, yes, the Barnes and Noble Criterion Collection sale is in full effect all throughout this month of July. Christmas comes twice, a, well, three times a year, but twice a year if you're counting July and November when the Criterion Collection sales uh, come around. So I got nobody but you does, uh, and and millions of other people, but well, or at least hundreds of thousands, stuff. but. I bought five films so far, and uh, yeah, because I have, I have a list. Um, so the films that I got in the Criterion Collection sale, he was balling. Yeah, I, I, I saved, I saved, but um, I got uh, first one. I got The Age of Innocence, which is a film directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Daniel Day Lewis, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Winona Ryder. A beautiful. That's a that's a that's a lineup. It is, and it's a beautiful uh, period drama takes place in uh, 1800s New York. It's about a, a love story of societal uh, uh, repression. It's about bougie folks uh, trying to mask their own feelings. Oh, that's and, right up your alley. And uh, I love this film so much. And of I'm, course you do. And I'm so glad that it's finally on the Criterion Collection because it desperately needed a high-definition remaster. And it's so resplendent, so delicious to look at. I Can love you it. Stop saying it. I'll, I'll never stop saying it. Uh, the next film I bought is Midnight Cowboy, which is a 1969 Best Picture Oscar winner, the only X-rated film to win the Oscar for Best Picture, starring. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? You bought a Criterion porno? It's not. It's not a porno. You said it's an X-rated movie, though. Yeah, but it, at the time when X X meant that um, it was like NC-17 back then, but it wasn't. Oh, a, okay. Yeah, but um, by today's standards, it's an R. But, oh, okay. but this film stars John Voight and Dustin Hoffman. And this is a really great film. It's about um, John Voight plays this guy who's, who comes from Texas who moves to New York. And he wants, to, he wants to realize his dream of becoming a male gigolo. And this is a dope, this is a deep movie. I love this movie. And Besides Dustin Hoffman's character? Uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman, he plays his, like, his handler. He was like this like... He's pimp. Kind of, sort of. Like they're like... Uh, Pimp slash friends, like they're like they're both. They're He's both a friendly pimp. Yeah, 
oversimplification. There's there's more to it than that, but but it's it's a it's a great film. Um, great acting. Um, the the ending the ending is heartbreaking, but I absolutely love this film. You Midnight Cowboy. These? Oh yeah. Um, I also got another Best Picture Oscar winner, Tom Jones, not the singer. Yeah, you just killed it for me. Um, this I was ready. Uh, this one, uh, it's the 1963 Best Picture Oscar winner, starring Albert Finney. It's a really ribald um, period comedy, and it's it's really cool. Uh, it's directed by Tony Richardson. There's two versions, a theatrical and director's cut. Um, this was a film that desperately needed a restoration, and I'm finally... And we finally get one thanks to Criterion. Great film, perhaps one of the most underrated Best Picture Oscar winners. And of course, I got uh, uh, The Passion of Joan of Arc, classic 1928 silent film. Uh, great use, excellent use of close-ups, great uh, cinematography. Uh, very, very striking visuals. And last but not least, so far, I got Criterion's Silence of the Lambs. But you already had that. I had the original um, uh, Blu-ray. Okay, I'm from like, taking that out your free back. Damn it. I gotta, I gotta, yeah, you, yeah, you can take that off my hands, as well as Midnight Cowboy, because they're dope movies. What's going on, What's going on, Nick Thomas? <laughs> That's my fucking guy right there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Have you seen Silence of the Lambs? Long time ago. Uh, like it's, it's a classic movie. I mean, it rubs the lotion on the skin, or else it gets the hose again. You know, yeah, could you could you you <laughs> you really have to take it that far? Now it places the lotion in the basket. <laughs> Put the fucking lotion in the basket. Oh God, Buffalo Bill and you, you watch too many movies. You know that's, that's entirely too many movies. I, I I you believe that there's no such thing, but damn it, they, hey, you you remember that scene in Clerks too? Where 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 Jay is spoofing Buffalo Bill, he's like, "Would you do me? me? Oh yeah, I do me." And he and he has that he has that tuck, and he's like exposing yeah. himself. All came from this film. <laughs> Goodbye horses. Oh God, you won't. That song is creepy as hell. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even worse when you sing it. But yeah. Oh, I can't sing worth a damn. But still, we know that. <laughs> That's why I don't sing. That's why I don't sing at all. But. But yeah, Criterion Collection sale, yo, plenty of dope movies. Um, hit up your local Barnes and Noble. Well, if you're in Rhode Island, hit up the one in Smithfield because the one in Warwick does it sell does not sell movies, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, they used to, but they don't anymore, which kind of which is very very unfortunate. But yo, hop on that, hop on those Criterion, son. Some some dope classics. Don't sleep. Sure. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. on uh, on to more news and items of interest. As I was, <laughs> as I was reporting, Billy D. Williams will return as Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> That's the worst Billy D. Williams impression. It sure was. Never do that again. Forty five. <laughs> I watched a lot of In Living Color, so I learned. <laughs> oh God, I remember that sketch. The eighty-one-year-old actor did rep- did not reprise his role. In the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi, J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams has returned to direct the third and final film in the in the sequel trilogy, which comes out December twentieth, twenty nineteen. A proper time to release a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and um, you know what it is—they just got to kill the original trilogy off, and I think he's the last one. I mean, yeah. Han, Han Solo. Solo's dead. 
uh, Luke Skywalker's dead. Mm-hmm. Leia. Well, I don't, we're still not sure what they're doing, but I mean, ain't nobody else playing that role. Nah. So it's, it's maybe maybe safe to say that she. Or maybe she'll have like an off-screen role. Possibly. So they can like continue her story like in the comics or books at least. You'll cry when you see her, won't you? I will. I will. I knew you would. I and um, who else is? Dead? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just time. It's just that last one to just kill him off. Yeah. Oh well, there's Anthony Daniels who plays C three PO. Yeah, but the joys they don't count. Really. Well, he's in the actual costume. They ain't gonna use that no more. Come <laughs> on now, we can see somebody at Comic Con using, making their own CP3O and controlling it with a PlayStation controller. They don't need them no more. Well, I, th- I think you're thinking about R2D2. Yeah, R2D2. C3PO is a golden one. Right. Yeah. They'll probably do that too with a PlayStation controller. Yeah, it's technology, man. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But yeah, I'm glad to see Billy D. Williams coming back one more time as Lando because, you know, he's the, he's the coolest player in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, and I see. Yeah, didn't you ask? Yeah, you asked him a question that. Um, yep, I asked him who his favorite directors were working with. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know you do. Yeah, he he said Irvin Kershner, who directed Empire Strikes Back. Okay, and he mentioned Tony Richardson, who also directed Tom Jones. Um, I think you remember. I think you mentioned one, whoever directed Mahogany, I think, and I've never seen Mahogany yet. I remember my mom watching it when it was on cable one time. Yeah, you know it's it's one of those it's one of those uh, movies in the black film canon that I haven't gotten around to yet, but I will. But yeah, it'll be great to see Lando back in the cape one more time. And speaking of Star Wars, uh, Ahmed Best uh, discusses his real life consequences of Star Wars fan black backlash. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Ahmed Best played Jar Jar Binks in The Phantom Menace. This is article. Um, arguably the most hated character in the history of Star Wars. Uh, the actor uh, shared his experiences enduring the fan backlash towards his role and how it affected him personally. And he posted a photo of himself and his son on his Twitter feed on July 3rd saying, quote, uh, 20 years next year, I faced a media backlash that still affects my career today. This was the place I almost ended my life. It's still hard to, to talk about. I survived, and now this little guy is my gift for survival. I'm referring to his son. Awesome. Uh, would this be a good story for my solo show? Let me know. Unquote. That was you the- Star Wars fans did a number on him. Hey, don't blame me. Listen. Listen. Um, Do you for- hate Jar Jar Binks? No, actually I didn't. Really? I can see why people found the character annoying, but, you know, he was the least of that film's problems. Okay. And then Nick Thomas says, Chewie must die then, which is... Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yo, if if they kill off Chewie in, C- in episode nine, don't drop a moon on him. Don't Please don't drop a moon on him. Because they did it in, like, the old Star Wars books before yeah. Disney bought it. Yeah, that was a trash way to and go. Barry Gordy directed... Mahogany. Ah, okay. I don't think he mentioned Barry Gordy. I would not. I don't think he would. Hmm. But anyway, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, good on Ahmed Best to, uh, you know, to come out on the other side because, you know, it, 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 show, it shows that, fan, that, that, you know, as, as toxic as fandom is, 
especially from like a certain subset of so-called fans like it, it, the, the the sense of entitlement is such that a lot of a lot of idiot fans out there forget that these are actual human beings behind these characters and when you sh- and when you shit on them on social media you know it's no it's no surprise that you have cases where someone like Ahmed Best would be driven almost driven to the point of suicide thank goodness he wasn't and then you have someone like Jake Lloyd who played Anakin in episode 1 be bullied he, towards yeah, but he's like all messed up now. Yeah, be bullying towards like psychiatric care, and um, and 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 now more recently with uh, Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran driven off social media because of these asshole fans out there. Yeah, and um, Eleven from Stranger Things too. Also, really, yeah, wow. she deleted. I, yeah, she deleted her accounts because bullying. And yeah. everybody, and I love Eleven. Yeah, that was Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, right? yeah, She's a badass chick. Yeah. Like yo, like I gotta say, like not not to harp on it like too much because we have to get on with the rest of the show. But yeah. I will say that yo, toxic fandom, yo, fandom has gotten out of control, and and it it, make, it, it gets to a point where it makes me not want to ad, not want to share my fandom publicly. And and you know what? And, and this touches on like if, if you remember why how I said I had Star Wars fatigue, mm-hmm. and. This is it. It's it's not because of the movies themselves or like the constant merchandising. It's because of the toxic fandom. That's what was weighing me down. Tom and Brady. Like, oh my god, t- football fans are a different story. But you know, I will say that, yo, you toxic fans out there, you're shitting on not only the people behind these behind these roles and and the things that you that you claim you love so much but you're shitting on other fans and you're shitting on the material itself. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that he Yeah. that he survived. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's found a new purpose in life. Probably not doing any movies ever. Uh, has he done a movie since? No, he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable, but like Yeah. But I mean, I still he still probably could have did another he could have did another movie to like redeem himself for it. Yeah. That probably could have Cured it, like me, like he, he he's a talented dude. Like he, I think he did some like bit parts here and there. Oh okay, but yo, like, but yeah, all I gotta say is like you toxic fans out there. Number one, y'all ain't real fans. Stop, shut the fuck up, okay. stop it, get some help. Can we smile? Can we smile again? Yeah, let's, let's right. smile again. Jim Carrey to play the main villain in Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Carrey will play Doctor Robotnik, aka Doctor Eggman. He will always be Doctor Robotnik in my heart. Yep. The arch enemy of the fast moving hedgehog with the video games that you I, I you need to stop writing these doc. It's all biased and shit. Listen, I will I will read this. So uh, mm-hmm. yes, uh, Carry Jim Carrey will play Doctor Robotnik, the arch enemy of the fast moving hedgehog with the video games that aren't as good as you remember. Yes, facts. Fire. Facts. Fire. Dumpster fire. I agree. Nah, not at all. <laughs> Jeff Fowler will be directing, and it will also be his debut feature. The Sonic movie will also star Tika Sumter and James Marden. Marsden. Marsden, excuse me. Yep. Animated film. Yeah, I, th- I think it's an animated movie. Dope. You know... Dope. Let me tell you, I've seen Jim Carrey over the years. He played so many characters. Mm-hmm. Just in, in Living Color alone. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm not doubting the man's work. Oh no! Like Jim Carrey, he's immensely talented. What's that? Um, What's an underrated Jim Carrey movie? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, liar, 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 liar was funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me, myself, and Irene was hilarious. I love me, myself, and Irene. 
Oh my god, I was dying with the chickens shoved up the dudes. Oh my god. No, the father when he finally slipped when he finally snapped in the hank and then like he just took he was going to take a shit mm-hmm. on the neighbor's lawn and then at first you really think you see it, but then it turned out to be just chocolate ice cream. Oh yeah, I remember that. that was, like the whole theater was like, yeah, ah, it just started bugging out laughing. Oh yeah. That was a nice editing cutaway. Yeah, great editing. Barely um, brothers, shout out to them. Yeah. Rhode Islanders. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, underrated Jim Carrey film? I want to say it's underrated because it's it's definitely is one of his well known. But I will say the Truman Show is a really good one. I never seen it. Oh, I think you'll like it. It's he said the Cable Guy. That's a good one. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't too much of a fan of the Cable Guy, which is un- understandable. I know. I know a lot of fans were kind of turned off by Cable Guy because it was a little more serious than than the trailers indicated. Yeah. But I will say that's his most underrated or more most underappreciated because like if I watch it now, I'd be like, you know what? I I, I get what they're trying to do this time. Yeah. I'll, so yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. Um last one before we get into spoilings. Uh yeah, we'll skip ahead a little bit actually. Um Oh, there's more? Yeah, there's there's a couple more in the back. Well, three more in the back, but which we can get 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 through real quick all right uh one uh jeremy renner uh aka hawkeye he's going to be starring in todd mcfarlane's spawn film not with it no nope well hold on uh jeremy renner will be playing detective twitch williams alongside jimmy fox's spawn now with it how come it's too you know twitch williams was like a very have you have you have you read have you like opened up your spawn um i haven't i haven't opened up the first issue yet if I show you what he looks like and then you look at Jeremy Renner, now I'm not gonna doubt I'm not gonna doubt I'm sure Tom McFarlane knows what he's doing because like he's my favorite comic artist and Spawn was always my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Like he was uh, like a sure. like Twitch Williams, he was like a lanky dude, right? Extremely lanky dude. I mean, like, as long as he gets the the essence of the character, he doesn't uh, have to be. Yeah, but it'll be it'll be it's be way too distracting. And he's like too in the yeah, and the character is like way too soft. Like mm-hmm. this is him right here. Oh yeah. It, it just mm-hmm. wouldn't. Just go everybody Google Twitch Williams, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure Jeremy Renner will come up. But if you set, see how Tom McFarlane always drew him, you wouldn't see it wouldn't be a fair. Now they actually made a cameo in the Spawn movie from 1997, mm-hmm. and the Twitch Williams character actually looked just like him. Oh wow! Get that same guy. Okay. He's probably old. Hopefully not dead. But <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, Deadpool Two is getting a super duper cut. Uh, this version will include 15 minutes of new footage, and it comes out August 7th on digital formats as well as on Blu-ray August 21st. I am getting both copies. Yes. I have both copies of the first one. So. Yeah, I'm getting the Steelbook edition August 21st, and this time I will I will pre-order. I will pre-order. I will not run. In, I will not make the same mistake with the first <laughs> film. And uh, nothing wrong with pre-ordering. Well, with when it comes to movies, sure. And uh, last but not least, a little bit of wrestling news here: the WWE May Young Classic is coming next month, uh, 2018. Uh, the the second May Young Classic tournament will be taped at Full Sail University on August 8th and 9th. And the former WWE Divas Champion Caitlyn, real name Celeste Bonin, has been announced as the first competitor. She will be making her return to WWE programming after four years away from the company following her departure in 2014. And as you guys may remember, Kyrie Sane won the inaugural tournament last year, defeating Shayna Baszler. Haven't seen a leg drops 
has good yet. But the first uh, the first Mayon Classic was good. Yeah. I'm down to see I'm I'm looking forward to the second. Absolutely. Yeah, and Caitlin, she was always a solid competitor. Definitely was. Yeah. Now. So now, now, let's get into it. So we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so we'll get into a bit of no, a brief non-spoiler first impressions, and then we'll segue into our spoiler uh, review. Uh, so uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the 20th, count it, 1020, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe film um, in 10 years. Remarkable. Yeah. Big ups to Marvel Cinematic to Marvel Studios. You know, I actually kind of, it fills my heart with joy whenever I watch a Marvel Studios film this year and you just see Marvel Studios in the I and the O turns into a 10. Yeah. Just, for the most part, probably 80% of it, great content. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I the agree. other 20 was just mediocre at best. The other 19 is mediocre at best. Mm. 1% is uh, Inhumans. Yeah, Inhumans, Iron Fist. Yeah. You got to put Iron Fist yeah, in there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and Thor, Thor the, the Dark World. I wouldn't go right. Oh, the Dark World was very mediocre. but Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Mediocre is that's that 20%. So. Yeah. But yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp, it's the sequel to the 2015 Ant-Man film starring Paul Rudd, who comes back once again as Scott Lang. Uh, and this film, uh, he uh, is on under house arrest uh, two years after uh, the events of Captain America Civil War uh, for traveling to Germany and helping out um, Team Cap uh, in, the violating, in violation of the Sokovia Accords. Uh, he was uh, imprisoned for two years so, uh, in house arrest. And uh, he's also estranged from... from uh, Hank Pym and uh, Hope Van Dyne. Hope Van Dyne, and uh, certain events uh, bring Scott Lang back to the fold, where he has to um, elude the authorities who are on his case, and they have to um, track down a. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting into a Carlbird summary at this point. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, essentially, they 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 run it. They run a. They run into this uh, adversary who's known as Ghost, who has phasing powers, who can um, phase, who can actually walk through walls and other material. And uh, she's and she's after a certain material, certain material that will enable that will cure Ghost of her phasing condition. It's the same material material that Hank Pym and Hope need to rescue Janet Van Dyne, who's. Uh, Hank's wife and uh, Hope's mother from the quantum realm because one day, because it was like one night, Scott uh, Scott Lang receives a what he thinks is a vision or some weird daydream or dream yeah. from Janet Van Dyne, which turns out to be an actual coded signal that she is in fact still alive yeah, and thanks. she has coordinates to bring to be rescued from the quantum realm. So now it's up to Hank Pym and company to rescue Janet Van Dyne while putting a stop to Ghost and others so yeah that's the that's the setup for ant-man and the wasp so carl uh what did you think of this film i enjoyed it i didn't go in it i didn't go into it with the expectations of it's going to be on a black level black panther level or a infinity war level Hmm. but honestly for me it felt like it was a it was a nice pick me up Hmm. from the somber note that infinity wars left on everybody yeah 
That's true. You know, it's something that I was like, all right, Infinity War was heavy. Yep. So we and we we needed that. We needed that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a fun filler. Yeah. It seemed like a bit filler. And shout outs to the party nerds. I called into their show the other day and I argued with um, their host, Jerv. So uh, it was a good time. We may be debating that, debating this movie pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. Possi- that possibly look out for that. Possibly look out for that, Code Extra. Yep. But um, yeah, it was a fun watch. I, f- I believe that Michael Pena stole the show. <laughs> in every scene that he was in, like I love his character. Yeah, and, like because mainly like the mo- like two of the most notable movies I remember Michael Pena being in was World Trade Center and um, Crash. Mm-hmm. So he was very he both pretty sad sad films. Mm-hmm. But it's like with this, you know, with the Ant- with his character in Ant Man is freaking hilarious. Yeah. And he's still the same character. So it's just one of those cases where if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think it still worked. I think the movie still worked. It was very enjoyable. Um, had a great time watching it, my friends and I. Uh, we, the mid credit scene, we're going to go into that when we get to the spoilers. But I yeah. say it's a, fun, it's a fun time to be, all, to be had by all if you go see it. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I totally agree. Uh, this was a like you said, it was a really good palate cleanser. Yes, and um, I liked the lightness of it, and it was it was a it was a genuinely funny uh, uh, comedic superhero film. And unlike Thor Ragnarok, the comedy actually fit <laughs> uh, the 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 story and the tone of the of the film. Like the comedy didn't break didn't break the the the, the plot or the the storytelling. Um, I, I really enjoy uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Evangeline Lilly as uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, respectively. Um, their, their chemistry is, is really fun to watch. Their back and forth and their banter. Um, I, really, I really like the character of uh, Hope Van Dyne, and I hope to, see, um, hope to see more of her, not just future Ant-Man films, but she could be a really solid uh, a solo act if, if given the chance. Um, I also I also liked the supporting characters like Michael Pena and his and Ti. Yeah, he didn't do much, but it's like whatever he did, it just like it just mm-hmm. like the chemistry with Michael Pena and everybody mm-hmm. else. Like it just kind of helped. He helped the scene just like yeah. Like ah, I can't even figure like, out what's the word. Like like he definitely lent. He definitely gave gave a light, nice some some um, not brevity, but he gave like some a, life some life to it. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a lightheartedness to it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my god. And and like and like the mo- the most some of the most hilarious scenes in it in- involve like him like retelling stories like and then it cuts to like the characters like speaking in his voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love those. All, all fast paced back and forth. That that was that was really hilarious. It was like a nice continuation from the first film. Um, I also really like the character of Ghost, uh, uh, who is also known as Ava Star. Like her character was really interesting. From Ready Player One. Yep. She. I think she. I th- was she in Ready Player One? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And she was also in some other uh, bit parts. I know she was in The Force Awakens in like a bit part. Really? Yeah, like a brief appearance as like one of the First Order officers. Get that Disney money. <laughs> yeah, it was like a really bit part. It's like blink and you miss it. But, but and and, and you know, Nigerian actors represent awesome. Is she Nigerian? Yeah, half Nigerian. Oh. Yep. And I think half Norwegian. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like her character was really interesting. Um, visually, her her outfit reminded me of a Destiny character from the video game. That 
And I also got like a, I also got like night, um, Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. That was very straight, very resembling, it was resembling Moonlight, Moon Knight a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, gee, I cannot talk. Moon Knight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, God, like, I hope that's the next Netflix movie series. <laughs> yeah. That would be it. That would be a fire. Um, like I like I liked I liked like where her character her character went like we'll we'll get in a little we'll get more 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 into it in spoilers, mm-hmm. um, but I did like what they, how they handled her character as well as Lawrence Fishburne, um, uh, as a uh, I got something to say about him in the spoilers. Yeah, yeah as Bill Foster, Hank uh, Hank Pym's former colleague turned bitter rival. Yeah. Um, also, it's also for me as a as a fan of this particular actor, it's always. A joy to see Walton Goggins <laughs> <laughs> on screen in anything. Um, He's in Sons of Anarchy. I I know. I got. I, I still got to watch Sons of Anarchy, but I know he was in Justified. Awesome show. Yeah. The Shield. He was in The Hateful Eight. Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, he was. Um, to see him in it, I was like, you know, you know, I'll, that's that's what's up. I, although I although although Walton, Walton Goggins is such an excellent actor that he could play a much stronger uh marvel character if given the opportunity i thought so too but it's still a delight to see him in in in, in this film nonetheless and yeah all, all, all in all man i would say uh ant-man and the wasp is definitely on par with the first film in terms of quality like it's yeah just as good it's just as good like i really can't say that it's better or wor- or or lesser than it's it's perfectly equal perfectly matched and in I'm every okay way with that Oh yeah, and sometimes you need. Sometimes you know what? Sometimes that's just fine. That's just fine. Yeah, it's like we had what they said in the part where uh, Grandmaster Fax said on the party nerds. He's like, you know, we just had you know nice French cuisine, but it was kind of good to like go back to the fast food a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know what? It was good to have a burger. Yeah, you know, like it's 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 you know sometimes it's good to have that you know that 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 grilled salmon and rice peel off dish. Right in the form of Avengers: Infinity War, but you know, every now and again, you you have you have a nice falafel wrap, you know, and like in, with Ant Man and the Wasp, you know, with a uh, with some with some with some rice and and grape leaves, yeah, it's terrific. It's like the grape leaves and falafel. Oh, son, he's vegan. Hey, listen, yo. Oh, son, he's vegan. Listen, yo. Put I'm a t- steak in front of your face and see how long you last. Listen, I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not a hundred percent vegan. Like, cause I can't say no to a piece of bacon or a, or a piece of grilled chicken, but listen, don't sleep on vegan food. Yo, vegan food is the truth. I'm put a steak in front of your face and see what happens. Eh, it depends on how hungry nice I am. Steak. It depends on how hungry I, I am. Yesterday, that was delicious. But I'm telling you, yo, vegan food is the truth, dog. I can recommend you some places. Yo, Rhode Island is the truth when it comes to vegan food. All son. right, but let's. Yeah. I'm ready to get into spoilers. <laughs> me too. Me too. So ready? um. Five, Five, four, three, three two, two, one. one. We finna spoil the shit out of this thing, so let's go. Yes. All right. Where do you want to start, Carl? I don't even. Okay. First of all, I might. As, uh, they did it again with the euthanizing. What you talking about? Like, uh, that's pro- I probably used the wrong word for it. Probably. But Hank Pym, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. looking young again. Oh yeah, the witch burner technology. Thank you. <laughs> I said youth and I, wow. <laughs> um, the, I mean, yeah, but like, like yeah. It, it was like shoutouts to Maurice when he when we when we reviewed Ant Man. He was like, burn the fucking witch. Yo, <laughs> they did that. I mean, yeah, they. I thought I was. I ain't gonna lie. 
I thought I was watching Batman Returns again. Yo. I was looking at Selena Kyle getting put. I'm like, I was waiting for Christopher Walken to come out and push her out of the damn window. <laughs> Yo, like, like. Shout out to Lawrence Fishburne and Michelle Pfeiffer leaving DC to see the light at Marvel. That's right. Shout out to John, John Aponic. That's right. Yo, like, to, just to see Michael Douglas, young Michael Douglas, like, from the 80s. Yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer from then, like, it's just so seamless. And they did the same thing with Lawrence Fishburne. Yo. I was thinking, I looked at, I said, man, if it, I was like, man, look at Furious Styles right there. That's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking Boys in the Hood. Oh, man. I was thinking Boys in the Hood. I'm like... But that Yo. was it looked just like how we did in, in Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Just a little heavier. Yep. Yeah, man. Yo, that that's CG, man. It's it, it's just so amazing, like what they can do with that de aging technology. Yo, for real. That's why I can say I can play Miles Morales. Yeah, you could. With with technology like that, mm. I can do it. <laughs> but yeah, that that was that was a uh, pretty amazing to see. And and I and I will say, um, uh, the character of Ghost. I know I said I was going to get more to this in the spoilers. Yeah, go ahead. I really like the fact that she wasn't an outright villain. No, she wasn't. Yeah. Yo, Marvel's doing it with these villains. Yo, like she was just an antagonist. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, you understand them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like okay. It's like okay. I wouldn't say Loki so much. Mm-hmm. But in a way, you still kind of understood his motives. Yeah. Thanos, you understood his motives. Yep. Killmonger, you definitely understood his motives. Mm-hmm. And now ghosts. Yeah. Whereas like DC is, I'm gonna destroy the world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like that's it. But it's like you feel for the villain, so you yeah. get an all-around appreciation for all the characters, protagonists. And antagonist. Yeah. And and with Ghost, like, her backstory was, was pretty tragic. Like, her father tried to save her. Like, try to get her her and her mom to oh, escape. I used to exile her father. Yeah. And then, like, then like her, then her you know, little ghost, or young Ava, was like, no, daddy. And she's, like, running tried back. Trying to save him. Trying to save him. Then, like, like, laboratory exploded. Both parents were killed. And then when the rescue team came, that scene where he, where he tried to, like, embrace her, like, he, his he arms, couldn't. like, went through her. Like, she just phase right through her like like and then like uh lawrence fishman's character bill foster who was uh hank pym's former colleague right reached out to her as a young ki- as a young girl and said hey i can help you out with your condition i can let me work with you and then you see her grow up and then she becomes a weapon for shield, shield yeah. like she she's shields like uses her as a weapon without really helping her condition right. she's just a weapon to them and now and now she's at the point where she discovers a, a possible way to permanently cure her condition, and it, and, it, and it does involve like going to the quantum realm, which unfortunately also involves getting rid of Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. So, so in a sense that she's not, she's only the villain in as much as, in as much as Ant Man and the Wasp get in her way, and that's the only reason why she's the yeah, villain. Exactly. Like, she, like if it wasn't for Ant Man and the Wasp, she'd be like she'd be like a tragic hero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's just like I said before. It's like you under you understand mm-hmm. the villains. Yeah. Yep. And shouldn't even use, I shouldn't even use villain in this case. Antagonist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and 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 uh, and she and she was and she was a very interesting character. Like, 
just how she phased in and out of nowhere um and her relation to um to bill foster who's kind of like a like a basically her foster father in yeah. a way and I see what you did there yep <laughs> <laughs> and um and also how that tied into um uh foster's uh uh animus towards hank pym and like and that scene where they meet in his office it was like tense it was like 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 even like like bill foster was just spitting out even though he was like getting under his skin, he was like spitting out some harsh truths. Yeah. He was spitting out some facts about Hank Pym's. Like, yeah. just, like, like, dude, like, you know, your response because of your arrogance and you pushed me out of your your research. You know, took credit for every for all of my work. You know what? Your wife paid the price. What can I say? And Hank was ready to like lay those. He was right, yo. Him. He was ready. He was ready to give him them hands. Yeah, but it was, he was like ready to scrap. He was like, yo, well, Bill Foster's not wrong. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. Exactly, and then that's the yeah. thing. Another thing with Marvel villains, like the, the heroes have their own convictions as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like it's just you get mixed feelings about all the characters. Yeah, like damn, like you assholes, like you did this, like mm-hmm. this is because of you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and and also and also too, um, just seeing uh, j- just seeing. Um, uh, Walton Goggins and how he how his character Sonny Birch fit into the whole yeah scheme. He, was more, he was more of the he was more of an antagonist than Ghost was oh yeah like, he was just like a mercenary just like a yeah. black market uh, yeah, seller yeah and yeah I, I thought I thought his I thought his uh, his arc was pretty was pretty cool um yeah he, he was comical as well too oh yeah like like Walton Goggins he's a, he's an excellent actor and like. I would love to see him in a different role, like a, a more well-known character. Yeah, and I think they could still do it because, ten, I mean, because when you think about it, they did it with Alfred Woodard. That's the only one I think. Yeah, because she was a she was a minor character. She was like a bit character in Civil War. Yeah, she played Mariah Dillard in Luke Cage. Yeah, wait until you finish that. Oh, I can't wait! Don't spoil it for me. Wait. I'm not, but all I'm gonna say is you'll be like, damn. Yo, know, yo, Alfred Woodard is doing it. Yeah, I gotta is. say, yeah, and she's gonna play not, and she's gonna play um, um Oh, in the and Lion, Lion King? King movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, speaking of which, a little off subject. Did you see the pictures that we posted? Yes. Where Mufasa got leaked. Yep. Yeah, which you you accidentally put Mustafa. <laughs> I did. You were thinking of Mustafa Ali, weren't you? I was. <laughs> I was. You know what it is because I'm I'm on the wrestling fantasy warfare. I'm t- I'm always like. Type in about wrestling two hundred five live. Mustafa yep. Ali just had that ba- that banger of a match. Yes, Buddy Murphy. So I mean, mm. boom! Like it just came out of habit. But yeah, I haven't typed Mufasa in a while. Yeah, cut me some slack. <laughs> but yeah, um, just like which you, I know you got some more clever notes. I just got my Easter eggs. I'm kind of oh. winging it for the. <laughs> um, yeah, I also liked. Um, uh, I also liked the. the uh, the the banter like the chemistry between uh scott lang and hope um because you could tell like there was like this like a like a there was like a, a a hint of like a budding romance in the first film yeah and uh there's a some no, they did hook up in the first one yeah they did i think yeah yeah, yeah and then um and then they then they split you know they split. split you know over time especially with over the mm-hmm. over the events of civil war and stuff mm-hmm. oh i actually did like randall park's character Oh yeah, that Jimmy uh, Woo. Yeah, like he was actually more of a serious character in the comics. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, I love I love the twist on it, and the chemistry was like the chemistry was there. Yeah, between him and Scott Lang, like mm-hmm. he, I remember him honestly. I never even I didn't even remember his name. I just didn't. I remember seeing him in an episode of The Office mm-hmm. where Jim plays a Jim plays a prank on Dwight as always, mm-hmm. but. Jim played Steve, who was an active friend of his, and he was like, he comes into the office and he goes, Hey Dwight. He's like, Who are you? I'm Jim. Mm-hmm. He's like, Jim's not Asian. Really? You haven't noticed? Thanks for not seeing color. <laughs> and he's just doing everything. And he Jim was just really messing with Dwight's head, thinking like all this time he thought Dwight thought that Jim was white, but he was really Asian. Like they mm-hmm. even replaced the family picture wow. with him and Pam, mm-hmm. with him and like half Asian kids in the picture. <laughs> like Jim used to go, yeah, he would go. I, I have to show. I'll show you the video. Oh wow, he just went the distance for that. Prank. He did. <laughs> but but you know, there's one thing that intrigues me about Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, and it's the character of Janet Van Dyne because. I want. I really want to know, like, how did she survive in the quantum realm for thirty years? Years, exactly. What the hell did she? But you know what it is? I think it's like, because if you remember, if we're going into the, um, into the mid credit scene, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. Like they was, they had something. They grabbed like a sample of it for healing. Yeah. Mm. Maybe like if she was, she had some type of hunger or something, she was able to like live off of that. Maybe it's possibly, but yeah. Or whenever she got sick, Mm -hmm. because I mean, yeah, she did age, but like, yeah, you know, if she got sick or something, Mm -hmm. she would use that healing factor. Yeah, and also too, like, I wonder if time, like, if time moves in the same fashion as as the real real world. That's that's from what I hear I think that's something that's up for discussion of how that's going to lead to Avengers 4. Yeah, cuz that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I'm thinking like maybe like her experience will will tie into not only the quantum realm, but I think that since Ant-Man is trapped in the quantum realm because yeah. they all disappeared. And by the way, Thanos is a dick because <laughs> how, how are you going to how are you going to sur- survive the quantum realm for 30 years? You finally come back to Earth and then you're vanished again. That's so <laughs> I'd be pissed if I was Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. But I think that it's going to connect somehow because since Ant-Man is trapped in a quantum realm, and, and, and if you remember Black Panther, he does have access to the spiritual plane. Yeah. I think somehow maybe Black Panther is going to work with Janet Van Dyne in that spiritual quantum, some kind of realm like in between. Well, I've and heard they're, they're, that they, the quantum they, realm does play a huge factor yeah. into, into the Infinity War. Yep. I just don't know what I still have to I'm I'm actually pretty much willing to spend the twenty five dollars and buy that graphic novel just to hmm. sit down and read it. Yeah, I I think they'll they'll definitely explain it uh, in, in, in full in the film. Like but but yeah, I, I just wanna see like how how Ant Man's gonna get out of the quantum realm and how he's gonna connect to beyond it. If he's going to find a way out. And so many questions. And here's yeah. the thing. like, Unless they briefly mention something in Captain Marvel coming up, which is, I don't know how, because it's going to take place in the 90s. Yeah. It's like, how, we're, we're going to be in the limb till next May. Yeah. And since Captain Marvel... And there's nothing coming out since. Yeah. And since Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s, and if you recall, that mid credit scene in um, Infinity War, where... Um, that was post-credit. A post credit where 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 Nick Fury and uh, was it Maria? Maria, Maria Hill, like they did, they disappear and he 
but just before they vanish, he puts that uh, he page, page, or, page yeah. sir. I think maybe maybe uh, Captain Marvel tra- time travels from the nineties to the to, to the present day, and somehow somehow can access the quantum or spiritual planes. There's somehow. so many. There's so many holes. There's so many holes as of right now. We yeah. literally have to just sit there. We have to sit here and wait. Yeah. And and on top of all that, keep in mind, Ghost and uh, and um, Bill Foster, they're still alive at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I hope we do see them again because with Ghost Unless powers... Unless Thanos got to him. Uh, you know what? I, I hope... We I, don't know that because all we know from Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp from San Francisco yeah. is them three. Another yeah. question is, and I actually tweeted this from my personal Twitter, mm-hmm. how is... The Netflix series, which is still part the Netflix, Cloak and Dagger, mm-hmm. um, Runaways. Yeah. They gonna fit? How is how is that gonna fit in? Because oh, Thanos had to. had to get them too. Yeah, they, it had to. Like I'd be it would be like real it would be way, way too convenient if if the Netflix series was not touched at all. It has to be touched. Like, like kinda, although smooth, that was tiny Spoiler and Blue Cage, because I already told you that I didn't. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it. I'll finish it. Right. But, but um, I will say that I do hope that uh, that Iron Fist stays gone oh, forever. Leave that man alone. I, I just hope that like they explain it like, oh well, we we couldn't rescue everybody. We couldn't we couldn't unsnap everybody. So so oh, Danny bad. Rand is gone. He, he'll be back forever. He'll be back. Sorry, no season two of Iron Fist. I, I would be fine with that. Maybe Heroes for Hire. Like I always say, he's a better co-star. He's a better co-star than an actual star. But then again, they re- they're changing, and the, they're basically changing the whole Iron Fist personnel. So yeah, which is good. With with the exception of Finn Jones and stuff, and he's coming along a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, well. We'll let's see. give it. Let's give it another chance. Yeah. Let's give it another chance, and then if it fails again, and it's like, all right, you you need to, if y'all can do away with Inhumans, mm-hmm. y'all can do away with Iron Oh yeah, yeah, indeed. But uh, but, oh, we how can we not even talk on the school scene? Oh yeah, <laughs> he's a freaking kid. He's the size of a kid again. They just really kept fucking with him. Oh yeah, like he kept like like his um his uh. His tr- device, which which controls yeah, his size, it was it was malfunctioning. Yeah. So he like turned giant and then like shrunk into like a kid size. <laughs> yeah. When they were sneaking to get the the miniature um, <laughs> Ant Man costume underneath his uh, daughter's <laughs> yeah, trophy, yeah, that was so good. Yeah that that was a that was a cleverly done scene. Yeah. Another part, and then Sean said a party nerds for this one because he was like, you can't even name a scene from an actual movie. And I didn't think about because you know, once I'm there, I'm I kind of just had a brain fart, mm-hmm. dude. When he all of a sudden just turned into, I'm gonna rewatch it just he, to spite you too. Is he talking about Iron Fist? <laughs> he is. <laughs> but um, when Scott Lang just all of a sudden turned into Janet Van Dyne. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. And he was just like talking, and next thing you know, like he's holding hands with Hey Pam. Then he comes to the door. Then he's like Scott Lang again, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" Like, it just got weird. It was weird. Yeah, that you know what? Very weird. Yeah, that scene was. It was funny, but it was also um, 
kind of sweet. It, it was sweet and fit, but it still fit though. Yeah, it's it still yeah it still fit the tone of the film. That was that was cleverly done. Like it was like small cleverly done gags here and there. Exactly. Yeah, that made the film uh, made the film very enjoyable. Um, like also, uh, I also um, like the 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 cleverness of like having like the miniature cars like basically oh the the Hot Wheels the Hot Wheels which are actual cars like by resizing them yeah. You know what? That would be so dope to have. Like if if, man. Like of course, like you still have to pay for the actual car and then shrink it. Yeah, that's all right though. Like that would be still dope. It would be. Like just have like a jet ski. Just go out the beach. Like oh, here you go. Just drive out there like Jay Z. Be memed. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Iggy, dude, man, they're, getting, they're going in. Our We're going. We we have gone a lot. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh, time. It's our show. Fuck it. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, but yeah, like, any, anything else uh, about uh, Ant Man and the Wall? Uh, like I said, I thoroughly enjoy. Oh, the the mid credit scene, dude. There was a collective gasp mm. from the entire audience in the theater when we watched it. Yeah, I, like yeah. those whole time, I was like, okay, I know something's gonna happen. How are they gonna tie this in? How are they gonna tie this in? What are they gonna do? And then he just go. He goes into the quantum realm, gets what he needs. He's still trying to communicate, and he's like, "Hello, hello, anybody there?" And it just dust. And all you can hear is, <gasps> like yeah. you literally would have thought that the screen was gonna get sucked down. Wow! From everybody just gasping at the same time. Wow! Yeah. I, I didn't get that in my my screening because I I went like mid afternoon. Oh, so you saw? Yeah, well, we went yeah. at night. But yeah, but yeah, I, I could definitely see that, and which makes me think that maybe the quantum realm saved uh, Ant Man because if he was out there, maybe he would. Yeah, he probably would have got. You would have got got too. Because remember, yeah. he wasn't an original Avenger. Mm. The only ones who survived were the original Avengers. Yep, that's right. And and in Avengers Four, man, any one of them can permanently die. Yeah, um, which I'm hoping for. Listen, we got enough tears with Spider Man. That's it, Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. Kid, yeah. kid's ready to cry. Man, we needed Ant Man. We needed this. Yeah. All the kids. Yeah, for the kids, they need. We they needed this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, ready to get to the Easter eggs? Yes. Okay. Um, so here's some Easter eggs found. A v- very few. Um, Easter eggs that are found in Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, courtesy of uh, Top 10 Nerd. You should check out their YouTube channel. It's actually pretty dope. All right. Okay, so first of all, let's start it off with It's Them. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, Bill, Fo- so Bill Foster yells out It's Them when a bunch of ants actually cr- started crawling into the room mm-hmm. when they were tra- when they had uh, Hope Scott and, and Hank tied oh. up. That's actually a reference. I think you would actually appreciate this. That's actually a reference to the 1954 film, sci-fi film, Them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if you actually notice at the end of the movie, Scott and Cassie are also seen watching the film at the end. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, nice. There's that one. There was something else. That I was, oh, you know um, Cassie later on becomes a superhero? She does? Yeah, she becomes the stinger. Oh. Hmm. 
You know, I was because you know because the way because the way um Cassie was like and her and her dad were like you know relating to each other. I was thinking because because she's like because she was like oh I I want to be her I want to be your helper dad. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm thinking. Is she a hero in the comics? Uh, later on, she does. Okay. She gets older. That makes sense. Okay, so the next one is actually Animal House. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Scott can actually be seen watching the 1978 film Animal House with John, with, uh, John Belushi yep. and a host of others. Yep. Hilarious movie, by the way. Mm. Okay. And the scene where Pinto, played by Tom Hugh, and uh, Professor Jennings, played by Donald Sutherland, yep. they were actually having a conversation about how there are galaxies within atoms. Hmm. A galaxy within the atom, mm-hmm. also known as the what? Quantum realm. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Another Easter egg is uh, Jeffrey Ballard. Look, there's a character in the com- in the comics and an enemy to Phil. He was a character. Jeffrey Ballard was a character in the comics and an enemy to Bill Foster- Bill Foster's Black Goliath. But in the movie, he was an AB- he was the FBI agent who was tipped off by Birch, helping to catch uh, Hope and Hank. Yep. And in the comics, he's actually uh, Centurion. In the comics, a, gov- uh, a government security official mm-hmm. who later becomes uh, Miss Marvel's villain. Okay. All right. Next one, Tim without Eric. Tim Heidecker from Tim from Tim and Eric mm-hmm. was actually on the boat when the scene in the San Francisco Harbor where Scott Lane becomes Giant Man, mm-hmm. and he actually he plays the. Um, the captain, he was making a noise. He was actually making the announcements and yells out that very weird scream. Yeah, yeah, that was actually him. That was uh, t- that was Tim Heidecker and Kevin Feige. He's a fan of Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. and also Tim actually made a ca- and a cameo that I one day eventually will sit down and watch mm-hmm. during my bad movie day. He made a cameo in the 2015 Fantastic Four. <laughs> Oh, one man. day, one day, bad movie day. Uh, good luck. Okay, okay. Now, the next one, which I made reference for, that I said I have one for, Egghead. Okay, Ghost's father was actually Dr. Elias Starr. Okay. In the comics, Dr. Elias Starr was a, a, tom- was a villain and an atomic scientist mm-hmm. with an egg-shaped head, Egghead. Mm-hmm. All right? And that was from um, his initial run... Back in 1962, I believe. Yeah. Also, um, another one, Scott Lang walking around in his um, wardrobe was actually a reference to the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Giant Man. Okay. In other words, speaking of Giant Man, mm-hmm. Hank Pym Bill, and Bill Foster have also used the Giant Man um, alias in the comics as, you know, hence the argument of... Um, Oh, I grew to 21 inches, 60, not 21 inches, 60, I grew to 21 feet, 68 feet. Uh When they're having their little dick measuring contest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which Hope subliminally basically called it that. Yeah. Okay. Also, the next one is uh, Baba Yaga. Okay. Mm Kurt actually mentions Baba Yaga in the film. Baba Yaga is a is a Slavic folk is Slavic folklore, mm-hmm. which is a supernatural being who is deformed, who also originally made originally appeared in the comics in Captain Britain in the eighties, who is also the goddess of earth, witchcraft, and misfortune. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a scene like where, where, uh, where was it? Luis, Michael Pena's character. Yeah. They're all like they're all t- captured by um, Sonny Birch and his henchmen, and then yeah. like Ghost appears out of nowhere. It's like to get the information. It's like wait, wait, he's in the like he's in the jungle or he's in the forest. Yeah. And then he's like, oh no, Baba Yaga, oh my god. Exactly, yeah. So and and also now here's a here's one that's probably gonna hit you. Okay, here's actually an Easter egg. My last Easter egg about the quantum realm. Okay, so you actually we won't be able to see this until it comes out on DVD. Okay. On Blu-ray or digital, and you have to like freeze frame it okay but you can actually see thanos's face in the in the quantum realm really yeah if you actually you can see like the purple like the purple eyes in the background while um while scott was there hmm it was either scott or hank one of the two mm-hmm. but some others actually believe that it's dormammu's face oh because dormammu exists exists in a in a realm that's where time doesn't exist and that, which could okay. be why how um, Janice survived for thirty years and mm. still was like okay, yeah, time didn't exist. And if you remember in Infinity War, uh, Doctor Strange saw fourteen million possible outcomes, and he saw one in which they will win. Maybe that has something to do with do with Dormammu. Exactly. Okay. Yo. So many. <laughs> Yo, bring us Avengers Four right Yo, now, really? son. Uh, I mean, Captain Marvel is cool, but yo, give us, give us what we need, man. We got until May. We got until uh, May, man. Yo, but that's all I got. Yeah, that's 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 all I got as well. Oh, and real quick with the Baba Yaga thing, um, it also it also made me think of John Wick because that's what they call John Wick. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you heard of Baba Yaga? I only read his comic actually that I bought like a long time ago. Oh, who's John Wick's? Oh, really? Have you seen the mo- the movie yet? I started to watch it at a bad time, fell asleep. Uh, gotta do it again, man. I do. No, I, I do plan on it. Yeah, watch one and two back to back, and yeah, part three's part coming three's out coming out too. next year. All right, I'll, I'll definitely watch it in time. Fire, fire. Mm. Mm. So I know yes. So, Holy Ghost of action movies. Yeah, but, but that's yes. all I got. Um, I fortunately I did not. Well, actually, did you enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp? Mm. Let us know. Email us at codexmindpodcast at gmail.com. Also, all the social media sites, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. SoundCloud, mm-hmm. iTunes with a mm-hmm. five-star review. Yep. Um, question of the week, I didn't post it because I just got caught up with so much stuff over the weekend. Uh, so I don't even have, I don't even have one. Question of the week. Let's Let see. see. Go through my archives of some older ones. Uh, Maybe uh, something about underrated Marvel character. Or, or boom, there you go. Who was your favorite under? Who do you think is the most underrated Marvel character? Mm. Oh, ah oh, man, this is a good one. Yeah, it's about time you hit me with one. <laughs> Actually, you got me saying "hmm" for once. Yeah, man. Um, maybe slapstick. 
Oh, I hope he. I don't even think he's gonna be in the MCU. But you haven't seen that. I don't see. Probably, I would say I just had it in the tip of my tongue and I already forgot it. Damn. Uh, wait, Ghost Rider's in um Agents of Shield, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, under underrated character. Fuck. Squirrel Girl? She does defeat Thanos. What? Yeah. Squirrel Girl beats Thanos. Where? where what comic? Um, he said, Nick Thomas says Iron Fist mofos. <laughs> Oh, Iron Fist. Oh, we. we I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who that person is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah you do. Nah. Ah, uh, damn. This is a hard one. It is. You. You. Um. You hit me hard with this one. Yeah, that's something to think about. Like all I can think about is Howard the Duck. <laughs> I hope he gets something. And it has to be voiced by Seth Green, but it has to be good first of all. Yeah, I... <laughs> because you, 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 we all remember or choose not to remember the '80s movie produ- <laughs> produced by George Lucas. Really? Yes. Now I have to watch it again. Oh, it, it's 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 noteworthy for all the wrong oh my reasons. God, I had it in my head. I just had it on the tip of my tongue and already forgot it. It's. Yeah. it's it's it, it's really hard to say. Like, it is. Is, is it a character from X Men, Spider Man, Omega Red? That's a good one, Omega Red. Yeah, I, I need to see him in a movie done right. Yeah. Damn, we need to merge and hurry up. Or oh, Mister Sinister. <sighs> yep, Mister Sinister could work as well. But yeah, but more so Omega Red. Yeah. You know, what? I, I'll go with that one. Maybe Omega Red could be the next uh, villain in the next Deadpool movie. That would be the only way he would be appreciated. Yeah, Deadpool versus Deadpool and Cable versus Omega Red. That would be fire. Right there. That would be fire. With Terry Crews playing Bishop. Listen, they did away with Terry Crews in in Deadpool Mm -hmm. Deadpool 2. So there's hope. You know what they could. They could just make a gag out of it. Like, who who are you, Bishop? (laughs) You look so familiar. (laughs) What we all look alike? <laughs> Something like that. Yo. <laughs> boom. There we go. Let's make this work. Yeah, I'm all for it. There you go. All right. So uh that's uh all we got. Uh anything anything you need to add? Uh well, um tune in next week where we where we will be talking about Luke Cage season two. Fire, fire. Um yep, can't be... wait for that talk. Can't wait for that talk. Mm-hmm. Also, uh this weekend I will be DJing at the um I want to say the fourth annual, but yeah, I'll be DJing at the Will Blackman mm-hmm. uh, football camp uh, Saturday and Sunday. I'll be spending there all day, both those days. So right um, I think there's still room for registration, especially for the um, for the Saturday edition where it's free, mm-hmm. and then the su- the Sunday edition was for high school students. If you have a high school football player who has so much potential. There's going to be college scouts and pro scout, pro counselors there to mm-hmm. work with to work with your student. Definitely worth it. And yep. there's actually going to be some at people, some uh, players 
as staff with some NFL, with some professional experience and all. So it's going to be a joint venture with uh, Kyle Rowley and my friend Will Blackman. Looking forward to that. And I just look forward to And for Saturday, it's going to be free. It's a free event, so just come through, say what's up, you know, check out check out the event. It's a fun time to be, ha- to, to be had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right on, right on. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Check that out. And also check us out next week uh, on Facebook Live on next Thursday. Same time, same channel. Luke Cage Season 2 coming at you. And some other stuff. So, as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. And as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.